Hello, this is Chris de Blasio, one of the hosts of the Greatest Games podcast. If you're enjoying this content, please tell a friend and encourage them to like, listen, and subscribe. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here, as always, on the Greatest Games podcast. A chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. Again, it can be their time as a head coach, an assistant coach, a JV coach, an AU coach, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest. So we were talking before the show. We have a couple of things that we need to bring up on the air. First of all, we're going back to Turkey Farm Road in Blythewood, South Carolina. Might be my favorite road name in all the land. Turkey Farm Road. Going to Westwood High School. We've already had the head coach at Westwood High School on. Now we have the athletic director at Westwood High School, Jason Powell. Welcome to the Greatest Games podcast. Guys, I sure do appreciate you having me on. Uh, this is quite an honor. However, you did in interrupt my uh, Dancing with the Stars episode. Um, <laughs> I think Bailey's got a good shot of winning, and uh, we danced well a few minutes ago. So uh, you know, I am missing that, but uh, I'm pleased to be here. This, this is exciting. Jason, I've spent more time in outer space than I have watching Dancing with the Stars in my life. Well, you're missing quite a show. <laughs> and I've spent zero time in my life in outer space, in case you didn't know that. <laughs> well, it's uh, also Brian. it's also special too here, Chris. I know you've got some you've got a hot topic here. We teased it before the show that folks will not listen to because it was on dead air. But this is Jason Powell. Jason Powell's been a highly successful basketball coach before he's an AD. It's the first time he's ever been interviewed on a podcast he's an avid podcast listener so this is truly making history to have wow. jason powell yeah yeah i really didn't even know what a podcast was i think one day i was talking to you rosefield about podcasts and stuff you'd been listening to so i, I kind of did a little digging into it and uh of course some uh, wives don't know but uh rosefield you know i like to fly fish a lot so that allowed me to search uh fly fishing podcast and uh, found quite a few that I listen to now and uh you really you actually you really are the one that's introduced me to podcast but yeah this is my first uh, uh chance to participate in one so well, I, would, I would think fly fishing is also a great time to listen to podcasts while you're just kind of out there and well yeah I guess I, I'm you know I'm pretty serious about it so I've got a oh okay soundings you know, and the birds and the <laughs> bears and those kind of things and really focus on trying to identify some trout in the streams there. So, um, yeah, I really don't listen to anything. I know you're chomping at the bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. What I was teasing is that we've had the Westwood head coach, John Combs on. We now have the Westwood AD on. We had former Westwood head coach, Ty Baumgartner on. We've also had the Westwood head coach from, Westwood Regional High School in Washington Township, New Jersey, John Santulian. So we're Westwood all over the place. <laughs> it's yeah, it, there, there, there are multiple Westwoods all over the land. And it's funny, Jason, I didn't realize that I was the one to introduce you to podcasts, but 
just to bring this back full circle, John Combs was the first person to introduce me to podcasts. Oh, really? Yeah. He told me about it for years. He's like, Oh, he's like, you'll love the hard, hardwood hustle. You'll love Alan Stein. Those guys, they hardwood hustle. I'm like, yeah. what is it? What are you talking about podcasts? And then like, I listen to one <laughs> and I've been hooked ever since my podcast app is the most used app outside of my phone and my text messages on my phone. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I've, learn quite a bit from podcasts so yeah i appreciate you putting me on to it and you know you're the tech technology guru there uh, i don't know a whole lot about technology i learn a lot from you a lot of times anyway that's a nice way really to call me a nerd but go ahead <laughs> you said you're hooked on podcasts yeah yeah all right brian quickly before i get to coach what legendary, legendary Hall of Fame college basketball coach is a huge fly freshman. Talks about it all the time when he was interviewed back in the day. Oh, man. I, I, legendary, all-time great college basketball Bobby coach. Knight. Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight. Very okay. Good. okay. Bobby Knight. Yeah, Bobby Knight does. Yep, that's right. Okay. Yes, very good. I got one right. I didn't know he's a fly fisherman, but I did know he fished a lot. Yeah. Yes, both. He does both. But yeah, yeah, does love fly fishing. So, coach, we like to start off with um, the guests giving us their resume and just kind of telling us how you got to where you got now as the AD of Westwood High School and your kind of journey through basketball. Oh wow. Um, well, I grew up in Greenville, South Carolina. Grew up uh, playing sports all my life. I was actually probably a better baseball player growing up than I was anything. And then uh, in middle school, I kind of fell in love with basketball. And uh, I went to some Bill Foster USC camps. And I'm kind of telling my age there, Bill Foster, <laughs> uh, newbies is an, a former coach from South Carolina, I guess back in the uh, early 80s, mid 80s. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I guess I'm telling my age there. But, uh, yeah, I just fell in love with it. And uh, fortunately for me, going into my high school uh, freshman year, um, the zoning lines changed in my neighborhood. Or I didn't really live in the neighborhood, but in, in the area and stuff. And I got bused to Southside High School. And uh, I was projected to go to Malden High School, which Southside was much better basketball, had much better basketball history than Malden High School did. And at the time, uh, Mark Huff, uh, you know, he's – won numerous state championships there at Gaffney and at Southside and at Jail Man was my JV coach and uh, played for Mark there for uh, two years. Uh, he was the varsity assistant also in my sophomore year. I made the varsity and uh, he left after my sophomore year. And, uh, you know, he was really, really probably the one that inspired me most to, that I want, I really figured out I want to be a coach one day. So uh, great mentor, great coach. Uh, we hate to lose him, but, um, uh, Finished out my career there at Southside High School. Uh, I was an All-State player my senior year. I probably only weighed 140 pounds soaking wet, but I could shoot the basketball pretty well. Um, that hindered my recruitment a little bit, just my size and not being very big. Uh, so I ended up walking on at Lander University, where probably the second person that was most influential in me coaching, um, who was the assistant coach at the time, Red Meyer, Hall of Fame NAIA coach. Uh, he was at Erskine. For many years, uh, he was our assistant, and uh, Finus Horn was the head coach there. Uh, but I ended up making a team as a freshman. Uh, that that team was uh, number eight in the nation in AI before second semester rolled around, and half our team flunked out. So we only had the second semester with eight players. Uh, we still ended up having a great year, and I got some playing time there toward the end of the year. And then my sophomore year, I was able to uh, 
uh, earn some scholarship money and they also started cross country. So I ran cross country as well. And then I uh, got into some more playing time there my junior year, actually started a few games. And then at Christmas time, my junior year, I uh, was going up for a shot and in the practice somebody tried to block it and they hit the top of my pinky with their hand and my pinky was sticking down past nine degrees. And when the trainer tried to reset it, he uh, pretty much destroyed all the bones in my old pinky. So I was in surgery for six hours for reconstructive surgery for a pinky. And at that point, I just had had enough of just trying to, you know, play the game and work out and try to keep up with the Joneses to be able to play. I knew I wanted to be able to coach. And uh, at that point, I approached the head coach at the time, Finest Horn, and asked him if I could come back my senior year as a, a student assistant. And he he welcomed that idea. And that kind of got me into it even more. And then uh, after graduating and getting married, uh, I met up with uh, Carl Williams there. He was the head coach at Richard Northeast. And that was the year, I don't know if you guys remember this, Richard Northeast was uh, I think it was 93, 94, if I'm not mistaken, the year uh, they were nationally ranked. They had the uh, Todd brothers, the, um, uh, oh, his name escapes me now. He ended up playing at Arkansas. He had gotten in trouble that second semester there at Northeast, but they had a, a phenomenal team. But I met up with Carl Williams that semester um, after being hired at Forest Lake Elementary as a PE teacher and came on work with Carl for about two weeks in the, in the first part of June of that summer. And uh, at that point, Carl left Richard Northeast, didn't even bother to tell me anything. And he went to took the opening at Lower Richland. And uh, Gary Fulmer, who was the head coach at Lower Richland, came to Richard Northeast. So they kind of swapped jobs. Oh, I met up with Gary later that summer and uh, got hired as the B team coach. And that's kind of really where my career coaching started uh, there at Richard Northeast. Uh, I was Gary's assistant for seven years. and. Um, I was fortunate enough to be hired as the uh, varsity coach at Spring Valley for one year. And the year that I took that job, Richard Northeast went to the state championship. So uh, <laughs> after that uh, state championship game, Gary uh, resigned from coaching and I got hired back as the head coach at Richard Northeast. And there I finished out my head coaching career. I coached there for 11 years. And uh, I was at a point in my life where I think I needed a change. I think the good Lord pointed me in the direction of being an athletic director and Westwood job came open after their first year being open. And uh, my former principal, Rich Northeast, Ralph Schmidt, hired me there at, at Westwood as the AD. And that's where I've been the last eight years. So, Jason, I've always been, I, I hope I've told you this off the air and, and to your face, but always fascinated by how your kids played. It was always maddening uh, as I was an assistant coach with John Combs at Ridgeview playing Richland Northeast. It was maddening to go against your guys because they always were very well disciplined. They played hard and they just did what they were coached to do. And I was always amazed that you never yelled, you never screamed, or at least that I could oh. tell. <laughs> but I'm just really curious as to how how you got your kids to do seemingly everything that you ever needed them and wanted them to do. I don't know if I didn't ever yell. You may not have been listening very good. In fact, if you listen real close, there are probably some things I wish I could take back. <laughs> that I said over the years. Um, if I ever had a chance to go back, no, it is one thing I'd like to change is, you know, I, I've, I've probably said some very horrible things uh, during those. That was just uh, a lot of it was the arrogance and a lot of it was trying to mimic, coaches that I admired um but I yeah I, we did demand that kids play hard and uh there was uh, 
no option that you, if you were going to play for me, you were going to play hard and you were going to play defense. And uh, I think we succeeded in, in um, frustrating a lot of teams with our kind of a, I don't know if it's a gimmick defense. So some people call it a matchup zone. Some people called it switching man to man. I just, we called it 30 defense and that's what we did. And, we, <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, and then we try to mix up some different things as well, but we demanded you, you were going to play hard and you were going to play defense and, if I was guilty of anything, if I could take back other than the profanity that I may have used and bad things I may have said, but um, I wish I would have maybe taken the reins off on the offensive end a little bit. I was one of those that I was in love with set plays and getting uh, just being real organized instead of giving kids a chance to be creative uh, on the floor. And I think uh, that's something I wish I could have maybe, you know, if I had to go back again, maybe give a little bit more freedom on the offensive end, but uh uh, we, we had some success. We had a lot of great players, too. So uh, I think everybody knows you, you got to have the horses if you're going to be able to compete at a high level. So we had that, no doubt. That's a great uh, X's and O push-pull that I think coaches are going through now even more and more. I know I, know I struggle with it, the, um, the set play versus the allowing kids to have a little bit more freedom because the game is sort of played with a little more freedom, but it's still, I don't know, I get anxiety. Uh, <laughs> yeah, most, most definitely. Um, yeah, it's a fine balance, I think. I think my last couple of years, we did kind of – I was always a flex guy, and we did a lot of sets going into the flex, and uh, that was our base offense. But in the last couple of years, I would watched some Bob Huggins uh, videos and some five-out motion, and we got a little bit more – gave him a little bit more freedom with that. But we had rules and stuff, and – I. I guess just looking back, maybe I was just a little too restrictive in some some cases so with teams. But at the end of the day, they they bought in, they they played hard, and uh, that's all you can really ask as a coach. Well, coach, you've now been on both sides. Uh, you've been an employee, and you've been management. <laughs> Tell me what what do you think makes a good athletic director? because uh, you've seen it from both angles. You've seen it from the coaching angle and now from the athletic director angle. What do you think makes a, a good athletic director? What's your role? Well, I think going into a situation I was going into, I was told that our coaches weren't very cohesive uh, with each other. And the first thing I try to do is build um, a culture with the staff that uh, made it important that everybody – is working for the same common goal, and that's the success of our kids. And uh, and just really let them know that I was there for them. I had an open door policy, of course, but really stressing the importance of everybody working for the same common goal, and that's for everybody to be successful, no matter what sport you coached. And I think also we did a, we've done a really good job of you know, treating all programs equally. And everybody says, well, yeah, football brings in the money. Well, yeah, it does, and I, I did find that out quickly, uh, but at the same time, you got to treat all programs in uh, the same way equally and, and give everybody the opportunity to have a successful program and not just be, um, I guess, a school that's just known for one particular sport or two particular sports. We, we want to be good at everything. Now, we haven't, we've been, we've been successful, but uh, we've not been successful in everything. And uh, there are some areas we still are working on in that regards. But uh, all in all, our, our staff has really done a good job. We've not had a whole lot of turnover. I think people, I think most of our coaches like working with me, I think, uh, for the most part. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, nobody's telling me they haven't, but uh, I, you know, that's kind of the culture we try to build uh, within our department. I can tell you this, Chris, on the air and in front of Jason to embarrass him a little bit. I can tell you, A, he runs a great department. Um, B, is one of the most organized guys I've ever had a chance to be around. And whenever a chance is open to be a region coordinator within the South Carolina High School League, uh, Jason – well, I don't want to say jumps at the chance, but takes that role and keeps everybody else. I had the great fortune of being able to be, I guess, my first four or five years as an AD now. I can't remember now um, being the region where you were the region coordinator. And I always knew what was going on. I'm the one misplacing region schedules. And so about every two or three months, hey, Jason, can you email me the schedule that I know <laughs> you've already sent me <laughs> again? And it's already there, uh, ready to go. Um, but I, I'm curious, Jason, I know we've probably talked about this before. Before, but uh, what are some of the things that you miss being on the administrative side now and maybe some of the things that you've gained being on the administrative side uh, in high school athletics? Now, being on the administrative side, I can tell you, you see a lot of things that you never would see as a head coach and it gives you a better understanding. Oh, so this is why the principal told me not to do this or this is why <laughs> the AD did not support me and uh, what I wanted to do. So, um yeah, definitely on that side of things. Now, being out of coaching, I thought uh, the first year I was out of it that I would really miss it. And, you know, when the season came around, I, I did a little bit. But, man, you know as well as I do, when you get into this position, your head's spinning so fast all the time, you don't have to. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, I honestly can tell you, see and tell you, I have not missed coaching. <laughs> I really haven't. And whether I do or do not go back after I retire to coaching and it remains to be seen, but you know, I would be leaning towards not at this point uh, just for the fact that I've been so busy over the last eight years doing this and trying to organize an athletic department. It just, uh, you don't have time to miss it. You really don't. I think it was one of our guests. It might've been, it might've been Yarek, Brian, or, or uh, maybe not said that he thinks every coach should be an AD and every AD should be a coach at some point. So mm -hmm. you learn to see it from all the different, the different angles. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that can't really be taught. And I've, I've struggled with that. And Jason, I probably, you, you know, I probably uh, I've talked to you about this before, but getting coaches to understand what you just said, like, Oh, that's why the principal tells me to do that. That's why the AD tells me. And, and there's no way to know it until you've sat in the AD chair. Like it's just, there's no way at all. And it's, it's, it's hard to get that across. It is hard. And uh, no matter how you try to explain it, some of them still don't get it. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just different. And uh, you know, there's so many things you have to look out for on the administrative side and what I think sometimes coaches may not understand is I'm actually trying to help you. I'm trying mm -hmm. to get number one, keep you out of trouble. <laughs> number two, CYA, you know, for, for this situation, whatever it is. Um, and sometimes they don't see it that way, but at the end of the day, I'm looking out for you. And that's kind of my job to be a support personnel for you. And if it means keeping you out of trouble, then, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, I've had those meetings with my AD. I mean, uh, <laughs> all right, coach, the name of the podcast is the greatest game. So we want you, uh, you said you might have some trouble remembering what the sweat was like, what the feeling was like in the gym, but I, I think he'll rise to the occasion. So why don't you take us into that gym uh, for one of those games that was just, just memorable for so many reasons and a game that you, 
still talk about with the players and coaches when you see them and about, you know, why it was so, uh, why it was such a great game. Well, oddly enough, if it's okay, I'm going to share two, two games with you guys and I won't go, I won't drag it out too long, but uh, you know, both of these games are not even with me being the head coach, which is kind of crazy, but because as a head coach, I had numerous games that I would love to sit here and talk all night about, but uh, the first one that I would really just love to rehash is back in 1998, and it was in January. Uh, this was the first of two epic matches between Rich Northeast and Lower Richland, and I was the JV coach as well as the varsity assistant. Um, that year, we had Aaron Lucas, uh, his senior year, um, Corey Ward, who also, was also a senior that year, um, future up-and-coming stars at Richard Northeast, uh, uh, Bryant Latimer and Richard Adams. Uh, they were sophomores on that team. Um, that, that winter, we got invited to play in the uh, Hooters Classic down in St. Petersburg, uh, which it, it doesn't exist anymore, but we were down there. And uh, with the likes of Ted DuPay, I don't know if you guys remember Ted DuPay. Oh, Teddy DuPay, University of Florida. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Actually, actually, on a side note, he is probably one of the best high school players I've ever seen. He's top three anyway with Zion, of course, and then um, Kevin Garnett. But Ted DuPay is right there. In the wow. Team. Uh, he put on an incredible performance down there, and they didn't have anybody over maybe 6'2 or 6'3. It was Teddy and uh, – little running back to play for Florida. I can't remember his name, but they just split the whole tournament up. It was phenomenal. But um, anyway, we're down there at that tournament, and we're in the, I think, the fifth place game, and we're matched up with Shaker Heights, Ohio, uh, who had 6'7", 6'7", 6'7". And uh, we used this game as a practice game of how we were going to play against Lower Richland uh, later on that year, who was um, – it was between us and Lower Richland to be predicted to win the region. And, uh, and some people call it stall ball, and I get that, and whatever you want to call it, but we slowed the game down and did some things to try to keep ourselves in it because we knew we could not compete with Shaker Heights, uh, pretty much how we felt about Lower Richland, too. And we learned a lot, uh, even though we lost the game with Shaker Heights, uh, we learned some things. And on that bus ride back, I remember me and Gary sitting there for about two hours talking about different things we could do with uh, Lower Richland when we met up with them in January. So the game time comes with Lower Richland, and, uh, you know, they've got Ed Scott, Ivan Howell, Rolando Howell, who I believe was a – He would have been a freshman. He, was a, he would have been a freshman. freshman. He was real young. And then um, a couple other dudes that were just, you know, they made our team like a, a JV team pretty much. So uh, we went into uh, the day before practice, you know, putting in this offense that was going to slow the game down. There was a lot of back cuts involved. I guess if you want to, you know, very similar to a Princeton type offense. And uh, we were going to run at least a minute or two off where we looked to score. And if we didn't score in that first minute or two, uh, we would call a set play to, for, you know, our best player, Aaron Lucas or Corey Ward, uh, to get a shot off or get a drive or whatever. So the game didn't start quite off the way we wanted it. Um, LR jumped on us real quick. Uh, and we – for whatever reason, our kids got caught up in the emotions and um, you know, just kind of trying to go back and forth with them, which we had no business doing. It was quickly, maybe 10 to four. And I remember Gary calling a timeout and he calls them over and I'm not gonna say what he said, but uh, basically telling them, look here, you wanna try to run with them? They're gonna run you out the gym, blah, 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 blah. If we don't stick to this, we don't have a chance. 
And for whatever reason, that seemed to register. And we had a few plays here and there. It kind of got us back in it. And then we ran this lob play out of bounds for Aaron. And he just brought the house down. And uh, I remember going into halftime, the score was like 18 to 16, something of that nature. Um, throughout the game, and we kept, kept it slow. And um, keep in mind, this game, I believe it did go to overtime, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we did not sub the whole game. Uh, we were basically five players deep and uh, got away without anybody getting in foul trouble. Uh, we kept making big plays down to the stretch, kept it close. And lo and behold, it comes down to the last couple of seconds. Um, we have the ball out of bounds and we are down one point and we're underneath our own basket to get the ball in bounds, to try to get a shot off with maybe two or three seconds remaining. And we call a play and get the ball. Uh, I don't even remember who got the ball. Somehow the ball ended up in sophomore Richard Adams' hands. And he was on the baseline. And he shot it uh, right as the buzzer went off. And Rolando tipped it. But after he tipped it, he knocked Richard over. And their fans are going nuts. And uh, you know, the referee calls a foul, Rolando. There's no time on the clock. And Richard Adams steps up to the free throw line. And he's got, I mean, we got a packed gym. And uh, he knocks down two free throws with no time on the clock. <laughs> and Northeast upsets number one, Lower Richland uh, there. And uh, I mean, it was just a phenomenal atmosphere, phenomenal game. Uh, it's, that was so many years ago. We had the rubber floor down at Richard Northeast. I don't know, Brian, if you ever saw the rubber floor. No. Wow. And that was way back in the day there but that that's probably one of the most exciting uh games i've been involved with i've been involved with a lot of them but that was just uh just an incredible finish for a sophomore richard adams a uh, little skinny kid he played jv the year before he probably would not have played varsity if we hadn't had some guys move and and uh got removed from the team for other reasons and uh he ended up starting uh, pretty much the whole year uh, Richard went on and played at PC for a couple of years, and Bryant Latimer was on that team. He played at Winthrop and uh, finished out at USC Aiken, and Corey Ward, who played at Spartan Methodist and Mars Hill. And then, of course, Aaron Lucas had a great career there at USC. But we did not sub one player the entire game, and it went into overtime and came out with a victorious uh, victory there um, for that game. It was, it was quite phenomenal. <laughs> Coach, you talked about it. You said it a couple of times. You didn't sub a single player, and you just alluded to it. You had some some issues with some kids, maybe. Did you know, like, the, the days going into that game that you were not going to sub anybody, or did it just play out that way, or were you pretty sure that, like, did the guys know? How about that? I don't think the guys knew, but uh, I think me and Gary knew that if we could keep the game slow and by keeping the game slow – of course, we had a problem holding the ball because we had ball handlers. Corey Ward was one of the best point guards in the, in the entire state that year. And then you had Aaron, of course, and Bryant wasn't too bad himself. So uh, we had three guys that could hold it. And, you know, it wasn't a very popular decision in the beginning. We actually got booed by our own fans there for a little while. But uh, <laughs> we got more and more into it and kept it close. And, uh, yeah, um, we didn't – if we were going to sub, I think we may have came off the bench with one, one guy – and I don't recall his name. That's how long ago it was. But, um, I just remember those five, and they did not come out of the game. Uh, so it was did, did Coach ever look for a sub at any point in the game or not? Did he, never, did he ever uh, turn to you? I, or I, no? don't, I don't recall him looking for a sub. <laughs>
Well, I think uh, we've all had that feeling, though, Coach, that we look down to the bench and we look at the five guys on the court and we're like, all right, you guys stay out there. You guys, you five. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, it's cheating a little bit because all three of us know Aaron Lucas and the type of competitor he is. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I just I want you to go a little bit deeper on on his leadership and now just seeing the 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 type of man that he has developed into the leadership that he shows in the community over at Richmond Northeast and beyond. But just the type of kid that he was, and that I, just, I can see that alley oop now, and him just oh. climbing the ladder and just yeah, going up and throwing it down. It seemed like he was above, near the top of the backboard with just one oh, hand. He could get up. It was all over Ivan or one of those Howell brothers. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> it absolutely brought the house down. And when we got that play in, from there on out, everything was, you know, I won't say smooth, but you know, we were in we were in the game. We knew we could if we stuck to the plan that we had, we could we could pull out a victory. Um, I, I guess a little side note to that too, before I talk about Aaron, is the rematch later on in the year. It didn't get up as much height. Well, it did have all the height, but Aaron had gotten hurt the game before against Dutch Fork and really didn't even get to play that second time around. But that second time around, it was at the Diamond Mine. And back in the day, we played JV games uh, before the varsity girls and varsity boys. We pulled into the for the JV game, for our game. Uh, there was a line all the way out, uh, Lower Richland's GM, all the way down to um, 378 there. Time, that's a line time, yeah it's huge by the time uh halftime rolled around for the jv game it was sold out oh. <laughs> He's got a plan, kind of sold out crowd there the jv kids did but um aaron absolutely and not just aaron on that team uh, you had bryant latimer who was another just sensational uh young man who's grown up to be very successful richard adams another one um all, all three of those guys, James Means was on that team. Uh, he was one of the five that didn't sub out. All of them are successful young men uh, now. And I say young men, James has kids, I think. And his brother has kids that go to Westwood. So that shows you how old I'm getting. But uh, <laughs> yeah, seeing his guys, not, that's one of the great parts about coaching, just seeing your former players be successful like that and have families and be fathers and and, and just be out in the community and, and showing that type of leadership and, and um, trying to help others. And that says so much, especially for Aaron, because I know he does a lot of that in our community, not just with basketball, but other things too. So uh, that that's really what coaching to me is all about. And it's great to win the state championships and those kind of things, which I never won. But um, yeah, that that's, uh, that's what I love to see. That's, that's tremendous. That's what we're all in it for. Uh, Coach, we like to wrap up here on a fun question, and I know I, I, I know you said you might have regretted some things you said in the past, and we won't ask you to repeat any of the bad things. But <laughs> w- when you were coaching, was there something you found yourself saying over and over again, year in, year out, practice in, practice out? Again, it could be something funny. It could be a teaching point, but just something that you found yourself saying over and over again. Well, I did commonly ask the question, what the, you know, are you doing? But um, that I probably said that more than anything. But uh, <laughs> one thing I like to use with the better players and ones that I knew had a chance to play at the next level is emphasizing, you know, the importance of their education and that one day that basketball, it bounces right now, but one day it's not going to bounce anymore. When that air goes out, you've got to have something to fall back on. And I had that conversation numerous times with, kids that were being recruited and 
and kids that had the potential to be recruited and even just our entire team I, I would have it too as well but specifically those that um were in that recruiting process and just emphasizing hey you know you're an acl away from being out of it don't let that ball you know uh, go, all the air of that ball go out on you and you not have anything to fall back on so i think that's pretty important and the majority of our kids did a good job of that uh, i see so many of them these days you know out in the community and out doing things and helping others and being successful business businessmen you're a shattered pinky away from uh that's right from yeah. being a student assistant <laughs> yeah um, you know i i use i use a fist for like my one of my signals uh, for an inbounds play and kids always ask me why is that pinky always sticking up coach and I just thought, <laughs> yeah it's not a gang sign or anything like it's just my pinky don't be. but you know well jason you've, you've always had a neat way about you and uh, i know i'm i'm trying to make you blush a little bit on the air talking about your organization and the department that you run, but uh, you're, you're one of the good guys and uh, you, like the, the influence and the impact that you've had on kids over the years is, is immeasurable. And um, we just, and really appreciate you just coming on the show and telling us a little bit about it. I think it's going to really help a lot of young coaches and up, up and coming coaches that listen to this show. So again, just can't thank you enough for coming on the greatest games with us. Well, I appreciate you guys doing this too. This is, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've had, I've been really enjoyed listening to the other coaches that I've coached with or coached against and uh, listen to their stories as well. So this is a great thing y'all got going on here. As long as you didn't listen to the Combs episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I listened to Combs. Combs has his own podcast now, I believe too. Doesn't he have some kind of. Okay, Combs has everything, you know. Ball Meadow State. The Ball Meadow State, you know, maybe we can do a collaboration. You know, the, the eight sixteen basketball guys have not been asked to be on the Ball Meadow State, but that's okay. I mean, you know, we're, I'm not keeping nah, track of anything. That guy, but, you know, when you know. I, let's not even get started about that guy. He didn't even ask his agent to be on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing, nothing like stirring the pot in the podcast world. So that's, uh, that's a good thing. Well, it's uh, maybe we'll just have you back. Maybe we can do a comp. That's what we'll do, Chris de Blasio, combo episode. Jason Powell, John Combs, let him fight it out so Jason can ask him on the air, <laughs> why have you not had me on this podcast right now? So that, that'll well, be fun. We'll do. I, I could also share a story with you, and I don't mind sharing it, but y'all got a second. I'd love to share oh, yeah. the story. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I always tell coaches when they ask, what are some things I need to do? you know, when I become a head coach and I always tell them the first thing you need to do is hire a very good assistant and uh, a loyal assistant. And, uh, you know, John Combs was my first assistant as head coach when I was a head coach at Spring Valley. I never will forget. It's like the third game of the year. And, you know, I'm one of these fiery new head coaches and, you know, I'm yelling and stuff on the sidelines and we're up at Northwestern and we're getting our brains beat in at halftime and uh, I'm so mad. And uh, I walk back and John's walking right beside me. And I'm telling him, we're not doing this, we're not doing that. And all of a sudden there's this big trash can right in our way on the way to the locker room. And I, just like a dumb young head coach, I kicked the trash can. <laughs> well, I didn't realize it was gonna be light and it had a bunch of those little paper cups in it, you know, and these paper cups, they go flying all over the hallway. <laughs> so I'm in right in stride kicking it and I'm walking and I'm still talking and I look beside me and John's not with me. I turn around and look and he's back there picking up the paper cups and putting them in, <laughs> in the trash can. like a loyal assistant and uh, I guess keeping me out of trouble with uh, the uh, staff there at Northwestern. But, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I was trying to tell him how bad we were, and I just turned and looked, and he's back there picking up the cups. So yeah. <laughs> that's a good assistant for you there. So he's a, no, he's but a, uh, John's great. Uh, I'm happy that he's back uh, at Westwood working with us and being back in Richland too. And uh, you know, I, I, that'd be great to get us all on together with podcasts. I could I could share some stories. I'm sure he could share some with me too. But that's right. That's right. Well, listen, uh, Jason, we're not going to get into it now, but we have the greatest John Combs story of all time. The well, camp story, Rose. Uh, well, yeah, we, we've got some good ones. Does it involve a school bus? It might. It might. <laughs> that'll that'll be the tease of all teases, right there. A school bus and Blossom Street. But uh, anyway, that's what we'll name the episode. Anyway, there's so many possibilities. What else is possible, right? But <laughs> let's go ahead and put a button on this one for for my co-host Chris De Blasio. I'm Brian Rosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Greatest Games. Did you know we're on Twitter? Follow us at eight sixteen basketball.